Welcome back. Today we have Amy Lyle. Now, Amy is a very multi-talented person. I'm going to primarily call her an author because that is giving her the most fame right now, but she's appeared on television quite a lot. I believe she's starring in her first movie this week or filming her first movie. Heck, I think she was even in the uh, TV studio today. How are you today, I am doing great. Hello from Atlanta. Now, speaking of Atlanta, a little side note, you're originally from uh, Marietta, Ohio. I am from Marietta, Ohio. There's a suburb of Atlanta called Marietta. Yes. My uh, oldest daughter goes to school very close to there. Mm -hmm. What are the odds? So your your entire life is within vicinity of uh, Marietta. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Now, what originally brought you to Atlanta? Um, a big boyfriend breakup out of college. And my mom had moved down here. My parents had divorced and my mother had moved down here to take a job with IBM. And so I packed up my Honda Accord and I moved south. And when was this? Is this around the Olympics or? Um, no, previous. I, um, it was in the um, 94, 1994. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I did go to the Olympics. That was the only Olympic Games I've ever attended, and it was magical. It was amazing. Was it, I know there's a lot of speculation that Atlanta got put on the map by the Olympics. Um, it, you know what? It really, it really truly did. It seemed like a lot of things started happening for Atlanta after that. For example, uh, one of the largest things that happened was, of course, the expansion of the airport a little bit before that, during that, and after that. And then also, um, like, UPS moved their headquarters to Atlanta, and that was enormous for us. Oh, yeah. I used to work um, in Atlanta in Norcross. Oh, yeah. That's uh, east of me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I lived in Gwinnett County in Grayson. Yes. So I'm familiar with it. As a matter of fact, I remember one time when my wife was flying back to um, Newport News, I drove from the airport to my house and she was, had already landed and was to her destination before I got back. Exactly. exactly. We, this is a true story. We drove to Greenville Saturday for a wedding, Greenville, South Carolina from, from Atlanta. We live in North, North of Atlanta and uh, it took two hours and the, the bride and groom, their parents were friends with the parents were kept thanking us profusely. Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming. And uh, my husband said, it takes me longer, you know, to get home on Fridays if I don't leave early than it did to take me to drive to Greenville. You know, he, he works downtown. It might, it may take three hours sometimes to get Mm. home from Atlanta. So it's, uh, I love Atlanta so much, but the traffic is just, it's really thick. So it hasn't gotten any better then? Has not gotten any better. Please, if you're listening, let your employees work from home. (laughs) oh yeah do flex hours good luck yes okay so now um i want to talk to you about your book okay now first off how many names are there (laughs) i wanted it to scream the book is the book of failures but the you know the the actual long name is the amy vinegar chemist 
Lyle book of failures. So I wanted, you know, people to be like, that woman has had some problems right out of the gate. You know, I wanted them to know that. Okay. So the hyphenates are to show already uh, multi-relationships. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's now, really you- just my maiden name. And then I, then I was, uh, I've been married twice. Yes. Okay, well, it's kind of a neat sequence, though, the way you roll roll through that. <laughs> yes, and all and, those stories and all those names are reflected somewhere in the book as well. Now, from what I understand, the book itself um, was inspired by an entertainment lawyer? Yes, I had written a screenplay, and it's called Hashtag Fake Mom. And it is, think of like a bridesmaids, you know, with Kristen Wiig and, you know, um, Judd Apatow directed and produced that movie, uh, blended with a bad moms. And I had written the screenplay under the mentorship of a guy named Rodney Henson, who used to vet films for Disney for like 10 years. And he was my mentor. And when, when I was done with the film, he said, the screenplay. He said, you're done. You need to call an entertainment attorney. I said, I don't know any entertainment attorneys. So he gave me the name of his and he even, you know, provided a warm lead and um, emailed Peter, uh, the guy in LA and said, Hey, he's going to be calling you. So I called the entertainment attorney and he said, I don't care how funny you are. I don't care how, you know, how funny the script is. You don't know anyone you are no one, you don't have any money. And so (laughs) I'm not going to represent you. And, um, there was a long pause. And I said, that makes me very expletive. That starts with the letter F sad. (laughs) And, um, he started giggling and he said, I'll tell you what, call me back tomorrow. I'm going to give you some free advice. And he gave me a time and I called him back and he said, look, you have to get on the map. You can't just roll into Hollywood. Uh, He's like, you need to write a blog or write a book. But when I type in Amy Lyle, it better come up on Google with a lot of stuff with your name on it. And I, I started writing that day immediately in my mind, it popped. I'm like, I have had a lot of failures. (laughs) And so, um, I started writing that day and, uh, he was absolutely right. And I respect him. I wasn't angry about the whole situation. He's, he's been in the business for 30 years and I thought it was, some um, generous, it was generous of him to give me the advice. That's actually awesome. Um, have you ever heard of the author, Joseph Fender? He's a New York times bestselling author. No, I may um, know that what's the book name other than that. Um, paranoia was made into a movie. Oh, it's like kind uh, of a horror sci-fi kind of. Uh, a corporate thriller. Okay, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> not had, gonna, I'm not going to commit to a yes in case you quiz me. Okay, he, he's had multiple movies made in, or multiple movies made off of his books. Mm-hmm. Big time author. And your story reminds me of his. He, um, when he started writing, he had submitted it to get a literary agent. Mm-hmm. And what happened was the agent said, no. I don't like it. And he was like, well, what's wrong with it? For whatever reason, the agent took a few minutes and he said, okay, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. You're going to fix this, this, and this. And so he took the direction, kind of like you took the direction Mm -hmm. to do something. Um, Fender did the same thing. They sent it back to the agent. And the agent's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you did all that. I'm still not going to buy it. But you know, it's getting better. Do this and this and this. And by the way, don't send it to me again. Oh my goodness. But it was still so he, good advice. It was still solid advice. And look what happened. 
Yeah, and he became a best-selling author. So I, I just want to say kudos to you for taking direction. Well, you know what's so exciting? This is such a great story. You'll love the story. It's a feel-good story. So, okay, in the so I write the book. The book has been a bestseller on Amazon since it came out. So that's very exciting to see my little tiny book with, you know, 162 reviews next to like David Sedaris with 10,000 reviews and Jenny Lawson with 5,000 reviews and Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and, you know, all these famous people. And then there's my little book right in the pack in the top 10 um, is... Okay. So that came out. And then meanwhile, I landed an executive producer to make my screenplay. Really? Yes. And, um, she's phenomenal. Her name's Suzanne Jerva. And I'm allowed to say that it is, you know, my film is officially in development. Okay. So what's so crazy is before I got the green light on that is somebody emailed me a large California talent agency emailed me and they said, Hey, who owns the rights to your book? We have a client that's interested in making it into a film or a sitcom. Sweet. Yeah. So, and the, and they're not related. The book is, you know, the book of failures. It's my personal funny, you know, funny failures. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's not the same as the screenplay. They're two separate things. Um, and I haven't heard back from them. You know, I'm playing phone tag. I, I've learned that in the business of literary agents and LA and film, it, it's very slow moving sometimes. <laughs> But it's still exciting. It almost felt it was just exciting to get the email to for me to imagine that somebody somewhere inquired about that, you know, and maybe they'll come come back around to it. I don't I don't know. Meanwhile, I've reached out to um, another agent that uh, my attorney uh, handed me over to. So and we're playing phone tag. So who knows what's going to happen? But it's a it's a fun, exciting time that you know, a lot of times I do a little speeches for women's group in my area, like how to change your life after 40. I mean, all of this happened, you know, I'm, I'm a mom living in the suburbs with a bunch of bunch of kids and dogs and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just fun to be able to pursue a passion, kind of a, a second career. Oh, that's awesome. Now you mentioned being mentored by someone for your screenplay. How did that come about? I was introduced to him um, by a mutual friend. And oddly enough, he's always had, uh, besides besides the time that he, he graduated from UCLA and he did um, his own film and he then worked, as I mentioned, for Disney for 10 years, um, he he has like big jobs like CIO of salesforce.com or, you know, these, these big IT type jobs. And he was working for a consulting firm with one of, one of my girlfriends is an executive at Coke, Coca-Cola. And she was working with him on this project and they, they found out that they both had a passion for film. And she introduced me to him. I've never met him in person. He lives in Utah. Hmm. And, you know, I would just send the work to him and he would critique it and send it back. And, you know, I didn't really know when, when someone asked you to be a mentor for a 90, you know, 90 page screenplay, it's a comedy. So it's 90 pages. I didn't realize what I was asking and it, it is an immense amount of work. It was very, very generous for him to do that with me. And he also took me through like a mini film school. He made me watch I mean, hundreds, it seemed like of Academy Award winning films and um, take the films and rewrite them in different ways and uh, write um, scenes without any uh, language, you know, just write, write descriptions and um, listen to films and, and, you know, kind of do a transcript of it. So he was so generous with his time and his comments and um, I'll absolutely thank him at the Academy Awards. Wow. So that was a real workshop. (laughs) Yes. 
It gave me like UCLA Film School 101. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is a hell of an introduction. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't really give me um, content ideas, even though he's a really funny guy. And sometimes he would throw in a, you know, one word that would make the line so much funnier, but he would keep me structurally sound, you know, Hey, this can't happen on this page. This has to happen here. Or I think you have too many characters in the second act. You know, he would, he would make sure that it was very clean. That makes sense. And and it's good that he wouldn't do too much because he's helping you find your own voice. Right. And that's takes a very generous person when he knows the answer, but he makes me find it on my own. Yes and no, because it's got to be your answer. Right. Right. That's why I commend him because he let me suffer until I figured it out. <laughs> that is awesome. And speaking of the book, um, you have quite um, a few stories and one standout character, Sharon. <laughs> that is one of my best friends in the whole world, Sharon. She's a real person. Yes. And, um, you know, women, if you talk, if you talk to women, a lot of women have a a Sharon person in their life. And the funny thing about Sharon is she, she always calls me and it seems like I've missed the first couple minutes of the conversation. Like I'm just catching, like she's just, you know, calls and and jumps into a conversation and, um, Mm. and, and then she gets off the phone as fast. She like, you know, calls me and blurts out something. And then she's like, bye and and hangs up. And I'm like scratching my head, like what just happened there? So I have three calls with Sharon in my book. And one of them is, um, it's called the vagina call because she's at the OBGYN and she's like giving me all this advice. Like you can't take a bath. You're sitting in your own filth. My vagina's too clean. And, um, (laughs) And then meanwhile, she's like in an elevator. And then three seconds later, she's ordering, you know, something from Taco Bell and, you know, giving, you know, no sweet tea. And then she's back to her vagina. And so, um, and and people love those calls. They love those chapters. And they ask me about Sharon all the time. And they said, I have a friend like that too. Well, she's a standout in the way. And, um, I'm sorry, the anal sex and salami looks dry. was pretty rough. (laughs) She's a whore call, but, um, that was, that was just to give reference. She had gone back to her high school reunion and like the hottest guy had married this slutty woman. And she was just so angry that this, you know, she's a whore. That's called, <laughs> she's a whore call. Yeah. And the other one was, um, her son. I'm not going to spoil your book. What? We won't spoil the whole okay, book. Well, that's people, we want people, you got to buy it. Yeah. You got to buy it. <laughs> you have to find out what the third call is on your own. They're funnier in the book. Actually, I do stand-up comedy, but it's funnier in the book when you when you read it than I'm describing it because, you know, I can't recite it word for word, but she's she is really funny and um, brings a lot of richness to my life. Well, speaking of stand-up, stand-up comedy, I, I really think of your book as a, um, if you refined it, it's a book of bits. Yes, thank you for recognizing that. Um, somebody on Amazon wrote a review and they said, um, I just don't think there was a lot of character development or plot. And I was like, it's essays, ma'am. <laughs> 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 like, it's supposed to read like little Saturday Night Live skits. It's, you know, it's not, it's not a novel. So thank you for recognizing that. It's you're right. It's it's short little uh, vignettes, sort of. If you were in the movie business, right? Yeah, yeah. It's well, it is a book of mistakes. So it's a list of craziness or mistakes or mishaps. So yeah, I think it's fairly described. <laughs> Lots of failures. Can you believe one girl had so many failures? 
I do have to point out one thing that I thought was kind of funny in the audiobook because that's how I consumed it. Mm-hmm. Um, your husband's southern accent left by the second half. <laughs> oh, no. I have to talk to Angela. <laughs> Massey, I love her. She's a New York City actor. I tried to read my own book, but um, oh, that's hard. telling a funny story is different than reading a funny story. And she just mm-hmm. did it so much better than I could have ever done it. So I'm so happy that I did that. And and she added some things like I thought it was so funny. And um, one of the calls where I'm in the OBGYN's office and she says, even your cervix looks stressed. And I was like, my doctor is named Mrs. Walsh. Like she's Dr. Walsh. She's just plain white girl. And she, but I thought it was so funny that she <laughs> made her an, uh, an Indian woman. I thought we can keep that. Cause it's, it's so funny. Your Zevix, your Zevix looks very stressed. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Um, you did say that some of it is lies. Yeah. Most <laughs> so. of it is true, but some of it is lies. Yeah. So perfect. Yeah. And that gives you complete creative license. Exactly. Well, some stories, they were too short to just be one story. So I uh, combined some stories, but it's like, and I didn't want anyone to come back and sue me. (laughs) So I just put in there. No, that's a lie. What are you talking about? I made that up. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. And like, um, what was another one stood out that your date with a cinema draft house manager? Yes, that was was so humiliating. And I was so innocent. I was such an innocent person growing up in such a small town and to be asked you know, on a date that I thought was a corporate function. And then he ended up being married. That was tacky. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you learn though. Right. That's the thing about failures is if you, people are so scared of failures and they don't want to talk about their failures. And I know this for a fact, cause I'm writing another book called the failures of my friends and I have to drag mm-hmm. the failures out of them. But once I get it out of them, they're so funny, but um, you know, people, people don't like to talk about their, their failures. Well, yeah, it's sort of the um, anti-Instagram or Facebook. I know. Scenario. And that's so real. That's so fake. And I think it makes people feel sad or a little bit less than when it looks like everybody's life is so perfect and nobody's life is normally as bad as it seems or as good as it seems, I think. Sure. Well, everybody's having a rough time of it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great, a great outlook. You can't believe what you see on social media. Give me a break. I should use a filter. I look, you know, 25. (laughs) Oh, there you go. But I'm not 25. So now one thing I find interesting is you do clean comedy. Mm -hmm. Pretty clean. I mean, I have some sexual content, but no, um, no F bombs or really no. You're yes. I would put that in the, in no blue comedy. It's, it's clean comedy. Mm Mm-hmm. You definitely have innuendo in there. Yes. I mean, I am married with kids, and so you're not going to avoid some conversations of sex. (laughs) (laughs) No, which is perfectly fine. I I just wanted to ask how that was, um, because I know you go out to clubs and things like that. Um, I think a, well, especially uh, your, your guests can't see me, but I'm, you know, I'm very clean cut, preppy, you know, looking woman that lives in the suburbs. Um, and so I think a well-placed, uh, F bomb once in a while is really, really funny and unexpected. 
I really do. And it, 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 it makes me laugh in movies, you know, like a M- Melissa McCarthy movie, or uh, recently I saw the movie book club with, with Jane Fonda. And it, that cracked me up when you had, a, you know, a Candace Bergen throwing out the F-bomb. It was hilarious. So I, I think there's a use for it, but I also think a lot of comedians lean on the, lean on that, on, on vulgarity and, and that, and it's, and then it just gets old. Everyone just sounds the same. So I feel like if you can do well and have people like your stuff as a clean comedian, um, that's harder. It's more challenging. Mm-hmm. Sure it is. Sure it is. How is it though when you're um, outperforming at clubs? Because I can't imagine that the comedians going before you or after you are necessarily clean as well. No, it, it, they, to each his own. And I'm not saying I don't enjoy some of that comedy because I do. I mean, I I... I love mainstream comedy. So I'm not saying I don't enjoy listening to that type of comedy. Um, especially if it's like a professional comedian, like a Kevin Hart, you know, he doesn't just lean on vulgarity, you know, I mean, or, um, Dave Chappelle or Amy Schumer, you know, and I know they all touch on it, but that that's not their act. Isn't just cussing and, and, uh, being gross. Um, but in a local comedy scene, especially in an open mic night, you are going to get some horrific language. And sometimes it's really funny and sometimes it's not. But, you know, that's a personal preference, right? Like, I, I'm not going to say I'm not the judge of that. It, that is comedy is such a personal thing. Sure. But I'm just talking about going up after. Oh, no, I don't think it's weird. And the, the audience re- responds fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even the pros get nervous going behind somebody who kills or doesn't, or if it's a dead night or whatever. In an open mic night, there are very few people that kill. Oh, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Many who die. So, no pressure. No, I'm not saying no pressure, but you know what I mean? It's, it's not, you're not, you're not going after Kevin Hart. You're, you're going after, you know, another local person. Okay. Okay. And you don't have people sneaking in there who are almost ringers. Rarely. Once in a while though. And that's fine. They, they put that, they're the, um, you know, headliners. So they go last. Okay. Now I know you have, um, a bit online. Was that from an open mic night or? Yes. That was from a, a show. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, definitely. I will be linking that or at least your website will be there and everyone should check that out. You also have several television appearances um, in Atlanta. Yes. I've been so lucky. Atlanta has been so kind to me. Um, You know, a lot of uh, local television shows have let me come on to pitch the book, which is fun. And it's always fun kind of talking about failures. That's usually the angle they take is why are we so scared of failures? And, you know, here this woman wrote this big book about failures. And then, um, this one local, um, Atlanta show it's on uh, channel 11 Atlanta company. I went on there to pitch the book and then they said, Hey, would you like to stay? And we have this segment at the end of the show called real talk. And it's, you know, usually, you know, it's, it's always four people. Um, sometimes they have other comedians on there or they might have a psychiatrist. I mean, it just depends on the topic of the day. And, uh, we hash out some kind of topic and, uh, this morning I was on there and I think it was my 17th show. Really? Yes. It is so fun. And they're so kind to me and make me feel so comfortable. And it's, it's like, 
a family. It re- they really are. They're like the nicest people in the world. So I don't know what's going to become of that, but I would do anything that they, you know, ask me to do. It's, it's just really fun. So you're almost a recurring guest there. Yes. I've been, I mean, yes. I mean, more than once a month, you know, I, it started, um, I started going on there last June and then, you know, so in less than a year, I've been on there 17 times. So, um, really fun, really nice group of people and fun topics. You know, they always pick, uh, you know, today's topic was something about, uh, friendships. Is it harder to have, uh, make friends when you get older? You know, everybody was, you know, different, a stage of their life. You know, some people had small children, some people were single, weren't even married. And so, um, it's just, it's just fun. And it's not, uh, politics. They never pick, pick a political topic. And so it's not That's where people not. are arguing. It's just, you know, um, showing different sides of a, of a topic. Okay. Lifestyle type. of. Yes, exactly. It's very, it's very, up, it's a very uplifting show. It's, it's, um, you know, fun. It's a fun way to start your day. That's cool. Is it a weekly show or daily? daily. Or? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, okay. It's on after the today show. <laughs> oh, nice. And it's so that... fun. And you know, what's really fun about that is, um, some opportunities have come out of that. You know, somebody's like, Oh, I saw you on the show. Would you do this charity event? Or I saw you on the show. Will you, um, you know, be in this movie or I saw, and so that's been really exciting. And you meet all kinds of exciting people. Like we have the Fox theater in Atlanta. And, um, so frequently they have, you know, the actors and actors that are in a show or, uh, bands or, uh, it's just, it's so fun. It's like, they get these really, interesting guests that come on their authors or who or whomever and so you get to mingle with them that's awesome now is that um what spun into your movie appearances coming up yes i was on that show in another um actually the guy saw me on another little show too called the kelly show and then he proceeded to watch because you know of course i i you know as every person that's trying to be discovered you know post just like I will post this podcast, um, post their, uh, I hope so. Yeah. Post, A lot. Yes, they post their appearances <laughs> everywhere. Right. And, um, and so this fellow, uh, filmmaker in Atlanta, his name is Sam Jurgen, saw me on a show and then he watched a couple other shows and he listened to a couple podcasts and he reached out to me on messenger and said, Oh my gosh, you're, you know, you're so funny and silly. Um, you know, can you send me an acting reel? And, um, I said, you know, I'm not a real actor, but I have been acting for years at a nonprofit. I said, you can see me, you know, every Sunday with second and third graders, 300 of them. And I'm, you know, a donkey or Moses, <laughs> you know, or, um, Mary, you know, whatever. And, um, and we, and he, we ended up having coffee and, and he's like, I think you really can do this. So that's filming Saturday. And it's a film called the interviewers and it's a movie short by Sam Jurgens, the Atlanta filmmaker. I'm really excited. I'm very nervous and excited. Well, um, if it helps at all, I've been on film sets and the nerves will wear off and it becomes very boring, very quick. <laughs> That's what you said. And my friend um, Keller is an actress and she was telling me, she's like, let me prepare you for every one page of script. It's an hour of filming. And I was like, what? And she said, Yes. So it's, um, going to be a long day before that it it is a long day. Um, if you're a a naturally inquisitive person though, I'd recommend to get to know the crew, see what they do without being in their way. It's a, 
a delicate balance. I know. How do I do that respectfully without bothering them? Um, just ask. Depends. It depends. If if they seem to not be doing much, you know, like make a comment. If they say something back, other than a grunt, then you know, chat a little bit more, but you know, kind of loosely, where they can continue to engage or not. But definitely be available, be open and around. And if they like, you know, they'll kind of pull you in a little bit more. I hope so. Because I, I really, you know, um, my knowledge of film is only from the writing side. And and um, and that's that's it. And then, you know, being on this um, Atlanta Company show, it's so fun to go in and see, um, you know, really like the cameraman and the, you know, all that stuff that's going on behind the scenes. I'm just fascinated with it. So this is going to be... Uh, to your point, just a, a big learning process. And I'm excited to, to learn all I can um, participate. It's going to be so fun, I think. And also by uh, f- studying what everybody's doing, that helps with the nerves. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the filmmaker is so cool and laid back. Like, I think I'm going to be really, I, I think it'll be good. And if it's not, you know, it's, it's a, I have to remember why I'm there. And, um, you know, the, the purpose of that, it's not about me. It's about making him look good and making this film the best film we can. And so I just have to focus on that. That's my mantra. <laughs> it's not, it's not about me. Which is fantastic. And you already have shown it before, but just take direction. Yes. That's what I'm thinking. I, I've been practicing it one way and I, I will do the same line 7,000 times. It, it doesn't matter. It, it's, you know, as, as long as they um, make sure that they, they get what they need. Exactly. And he may be snappy on set. You never know because there's a lot of moving parts. There's a real budget. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's independent. It's a short, so there's no money. <laughs> yes. He, he will be definitely trying to move things along. Well, I'm excited. He's won some movie shorts, um, awards before, and he has a full feature film that just, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I can't remember the film festival, but he entered his, uh, a screenplay into a film festival and it did very well finished in the top 10. So, you nice. know, Sam Jurgens out of Atlanta, you know, everybody look for him because I think he's gonna, you know, be on people's uh, minds coming up the, this, you know, next couple coming years. I could not get my word out, Eric. I'm so sorry. I couldn't get my sentence out. That's <laughs> I fine. Like, la, la, la. When I was in Atlanta in the um, early oddies, the film scene was just barely um, even a thought. It was a, a more of um, black filmmakers at the time. Yeah, sure. And now it's really exploded. So if he's picked up shorts, he might get a gig like doing the walking dead for an episode or, or things like that. My neighbor's daughter works for the rock, the walking dead. Ah, there Mm -hmm. you go. And since, you know, she's learned so much. And since then she's had an independent film made that, you know, she wrote and directed. So you are absolutely correct. Um, It is a, I think we're third. I think it's LA, New York, and then Atlanta, and then maybe New Orleans for filmmaking in um, the United States. It's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Because <laughs> when I was there, it was just a desert. <laughs> and it's so fun to go to the movies. Um, like I love the Jason Bateman show that came out, um, Game Night. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. So Jason I Bateman, haven't. his film, his uh, series, Ozark, is filmed in, you know right outside Atlanta. And then his uh, movie filmed right down the street from us and like two neighborhoods over. 
And um, so it's so fun to go, you know, to the movies and you see Atlanta in the movie. And the other day I was at the movies and they had the Optimus restaurant, which is like a kind of a, like a swanky, really nice restaurant. And I was like, that's the, opt- it's the real Optimist. <laughs> They're filming it. What's going cool now? Do you have um, your headshot done and have an agent yet? As far as like acting goes? Yeah. Acting, modeling, um, no, promotional modeling. Just because I had to take a million headshots when I, um, I did my own book cover. And so it's, it's, you know, it's a really funny book cover, but, um, so, you know, in that process of hiring a photographer, um, I have the headshots, but no, I haven't really pursued acting. I mean, I'm excited in any opportunity. That's, that's my, that's my goal, right? I'm, I, you know, my films in development, when my film comes out, I want to earn the opportunity to work on another film. This movie short comes out. I want Sam Jorgens to say, Amy Lyle is on time. She's polite. She brought coffee and snacks. She's nice to every single person. <laughs> Her lines backwards and forwards. You should work with Amy Lyle, right? That's, that's my, my goal is, you know, and I, I learned that a long time ago. You make your boss look good. Good things happen. That's true. But you're at a point that having an agent because you're starting to get some things behind you, mm-hmm. you can get calls for The Walking Dead on a day or something like that. But you've got to be in the agent listing to even know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know if I could so, take the rejection. This was so nice because Sam just said, hey, Amy, <laughs> do you want to be on this movie? And I said, yes. <laughs> I like that. Well, I, I like anyone I'll listening you, that would like I, me to be in your movie. I'm available, but, um, I don't know if I could go to an audition and have them just rip me apart. Um, I don't know the, well, okay. Audition agents will send you to auditions. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, you could ask, um, Sam to refer you to an agent if he thinks it's a good idea or not, since he's in, in the business. Yes, perhaps. The world is my oyster, Eric. Just kidding. It's not, it's not my oyster, but, um, it's heading there. <laughs> but to your point, he is in the business and I'm hoping to earn the opportunity to get another opportunity. And it, it would just be, <laughs> I'm just tickled. I mean, I just never dreamed that I would have that opportunity. It's just so fun. Now, do you still have a day job? You know, I, I do write for a magazine locally and I also write co- a contract for a large nonprofit. I write, I'm a playwright. So I write these um, funny uh, short plays for them. Those are my day jobs that I get to do from home. Which magazine do you write? For? I write for a local magazine in Atlanta, actually in my county called My Forsyth Magazine. Oh, and you know what? I hear a funny story about that is I don't know if you follow or if you've ever heard of the author, Jenny Lawson. She's one of my favorite comedic writers. And um, she has three, three, three books out and they're all New York Times bestsellers. And she granted me an interview for my magazine. Oh, nice. And she was so funny and so gracious and so nice. And I didn't even talk to her. I just sent her an email. And um, through her sister is like handles are of her, you know, correspondence and everything. And, um, I pitched to her, you know, what a big fan I was. And I quoted the book and I said, it just, I would love to be able to interview you. And she said, I don't know, I'll ask her. And then the next thing you know, she sent me back the answers to the questions. That's it was cool. really cool. Yeah. And she's so nice. It's so, it's so nice when you have somebody that's super, super famous and then they're really still sweet, you know, that's, that's nice. But as I guess Oprah says, 
you know, fame, all it does is um, exaggerate and magnify who you really are, right? So if you're a jerk before, you're probably going to be more of a jerk. And if you're super nice, you're probably going to be more, you're going to be nice. It was really smart of you, though, to send out the questions themselves because you took all the work out of it. All, all she had to do is answer them or not. Right. And did she like the style of them? And she, you know, I really built in there some things that she knew I was a diehard fan because I follow her and I, you know, I've read the books multiple times. So, um, you know, I structured some questions around that. So she knew I just wasn't reaching out to her. Like I really am a fan. And, um, it it was just really fun. And it was fun for our magazine. You know, it's this, this magazine that has like distribution of like 30,000, um, you know, goes in the mailbox of like 30,000 people and then you can pick it up all around the County. Um, but, it was very nice of her to do that. So it's like Jenny Lawson interviews, Washington Post, New York Times, Amy Lyle, My First Sight Magazine. <laughs> there you go. Yep. You should always go for it though. I mean, why not? Yeah, I get turned down all the time, but it was it's nice when they say yes. Have you thought about doing a podcast? You know, I... No, I enjoy being a guest on the podcast, <laughs> but I don't know if I, if I felt passionately, like I do, this is so funny. I, I um, created a writing club when I was in the process of writing my book because I didn't know anything about writing, to be honest with you. So I, I'm uh, a big fan of, of this guy named Dave Chesson. Anyone that's thinking about writing a book, you've got to follow Dave Chesson and watch all of his videos on YouTube. He's like a self-publishing guru. And, um, but anyway, I started this book one to learn more and also to share what I had learned. And so we've like, you know, 110 people online and then we meet twice a month and, um, I interview, I like to interview the authors and I just do it, you know, with my phone and I put it on Facebook because I love learning about, why did you write this story? What's the history? And I've learned all these fascinating things. Like one of the women in our group, she found letters from her Italian grandparents, love letters when one was, you know, in America and one was still back in Italy. And it's just so romantic. And she's weaving it into this beautiful novel. And, um, you know, and also some very heartbreaking things that have happened to people when they're um, children and they're, you know, writing to kind of get that out. But um, so I don't know. So I do, I do enjoy the, you know, interviewing people. I just haven't, I just do it on video versus a podcast at this moment. Oh, that's big. You may want to put it on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, Um, I should. I've never put any of them on YouTube. I always put them on Facebook, but yeah, I should do that. Yeah, definitely do both. You never know. Yeah, And I love it because some of them, you know, they might get, you know, 5,000, 6,000 hits and, um, it helps them, you know, it helps build awareness about their, you know, new writers, emerging writers in my city. And, um, so I, I like to do that. I like, I like to do collaborative uh, things. I think it's fun. Well, definitely share that. Yeah. Now, where can people find you if they want to follow up? Um, I would love, Eric, for your listeners, if they have some funny failures, it can be any failure, an airplane failure, a dating failure, a work failure, your weirdest coworker that works in your office story. I would love to hear those stories and I will give them credit. Or if it's so embarrassing, they can use an alias and um, <laughs> they can reach out to me on www.amylyle.me. And my Facebook page is the same, amylyle.me. And my Instagram is author, Amy Lyle. And they can buy my book. It's in, um, as you said, it's, it's out as an audible and has a paperback and an ebook. And that is available 
on Amazon and I believe also Barnes and Noble. Well, and it's on sale. I hope everybody the e-book. does. Amazon has my book on sale right now, the ebook. So get it now, folks, because they're going to jack the price back up. Awesome. Or Audible. Or Audible. I mean, you're listening to a podcast right now. <laughs> you like to listen. Yes. And and you can hear uh, Amy's voice through the book, certainly. the um, Your vibe definitely passes through. Well, thank you for, for reading the book and appreciating it. And, and thank you for understanding the spirit of the book, because the spirit of the book is to lift people up and let people know we're all struggling, you know, especially when you're trying to be a good husband or a good wife or a good employee, a good mom, a good dad. And, you know, you fail all the time, especially when you have kids. And the whole point of the book is to say, it's okay. And you know what? Just get up one more day. I mean, there's no, there's no tips in there. It's, it's, it's just get up one more day. That's the tip. But, um, you know, I love it when people write me and say, Oh my gosh, your book made me feel so much, you know, so much more normal. And, um, and I love that. And then some people missed it entirely and they, you know, really attacked me. Like there's some real problems in the world. And, um, I agree with them. There are real problems in the world, but you can take a break from the real problems of the world for a few minutes and recharge your mind and your soul and laugh. That's one of the best ways to recharge yourself is just to take a break and laugh for a few minutes. And then you can go back and tackle your hard problems, but nobody can live in, um, you know, crisis zone or trying to fix something 24 hours a day. I think you'll get burnt out. That's very true and great words to live by. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on and We'll definitely be looking out for the interviewers and hopefully some comedy stuff coming up. Yep. Comedy stuff coming up, Eric. I think I'm going to do marriage because there's so much material there. Don't, don't you think? Marriage? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you also did a corporate uh, recruiting, so there's plenty of material Oh, my there. goodness. Yes, I should write a book on corporate recruiting because the candidates and the clients are so crazy, but it's so fun. I love that job. Awesome. Now I did actually have one more question on that. Did you blog the book out first? Oh yeah, actually that's funny. I had started a blog when I turned 40 and it was called, this is 40 actually before the movie, this is 40 came out. I called it, this is 40, but then there were these really funny scenes. I'm going to call them, you know, in their stories that I turned into scenes in my movie in my, in my screenplay. So I, so I took the uh, blog offline and then when that um, entertainment attorney said, you have to write a, a book or a blog, I was like, oh my gosh, I have a blog and I had 55 stories on there. And so I got this great jump start on the book with kind of massaging, you know, and um, it, it, with those stories. That's cool. So maybe you could do that with um, upcoming books. Perhaps I will. Just a party <laughs> blog more. I know I need to, I try to put all my articles that I put on my Forsyth magazine also on my website, but sometimes I forget. All right. Well, definitely, definitely do that. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for interviewing me. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for coming on. I think this is really cool and everybody's going to get a lot out of this. I hope so. You can fail. It's not the end of the world. Just get up one more day. Good advice. Hey everyone, Eric here. I want to thank you again so much for listening. I know your time is valuable, so I really appreciate you taking some. If you like what you hear, please spread the word. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Unstructured P, as in podcast. Also, you can review the podcast in whichever app you use. It really helps a bunch to spread the word. Thanks again.